starts already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you say what kind of car is that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. Fast one. <laughs> I could make that weasel noise there. <laughs> hey, good morning, everybody. This is Mark here with Aaron and Jay Lawrence uh, for the another episode of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Brought to you by Universal Imports of Rochester. Visit universalimports.com for all of your car needs, sales, service, body shop, collision center, uh, podcast central. Um, just a friendly place to be. Come in and have a cup of coffee. And get your car worked on while you're here. I think you should try to keep it going <laughs> since you, just to the end of the music. No, no, no. no. I can, I, I'm going to fade the music out sure? right now. Here we go. Nice, easy fade. All right, there we go. So, anyway, um, seriously, visit universalimports.com for anything you need. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, look up Universal Imports. Look up Grease and Glamour. Look up Mark Fearbacher, and then share and like this podcast with everyone you know because it's really helpful to us to to keep it going. Um, how you guys doing? Great, doing good. You know, other than the snow, yeah, yeah, storm. Well, a couple weeks ago. I was uh, in the very much opposite of snow. I was in the desert of Nevada. Is it Nevada or Nevada? I guess it depends on where tomato, you're from tomato. in the country. Tomato, so, tomato. How, so, you, how you say it, I'm not sure. Yeah, check this out. Speaking of Nevada or Nevada. See, I say Nevada. I you say, say Nevada, really? I yeah. say Nevada. I say Nevada. Yeah. Mm. Akuna Matata. Mm. No. Right. I don't know. Anyway, do you... Um, <laughs> I saw on the news, um, Anna Ferris. Do you know the actor, actress Anna Ferris? Yeah. Okay, so I guess she had a big Thanksgiving. She rented a house in Reno, and they had like a whole bunch of people there for Thanksgiving. And during the day, they were all feeling kind of ill, and they didn't. They thought at first it might have been altitude sickness because they were kind of up in the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They were, fortunately, someone was smart enough to call the ambulance or the or, or something to, to figure out what was going on because there were more than one person not feeling well. Turns out they had carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, wow. There, was a, there must have been a carbon monoxide leak in the house. Um, they had six times the amount of carbon monoxide that... Wow. <laughs> you should be breathing. They said that had they not done that, if they had all went to sleep, they more than likely would not have all uh, That's horrible. That's just Holy horrible. Cow. So this is a public service message, and that, uh, that's just a story I heard as I was bolting out of the house this morning. But get a carbon monoxide detector. Absolutely. That's very important. And if it, you're traveling, bring the bring yeah, the portable one with you. You can't smell. Natural gas they they'll put sometimes they'll put an odor in with it because its natural scent is there is no scent, and so yeah, it's the smell of sulfur. And I think it's, it's no. also Rotten important eggs. this time of year too. Like if you're starting your car in your garage, oh to my make gosh, sure yes, that make sure know, the garage is right. open. Is open. <laughs> yep. My wife always yells at me when I put. No, never mind. <laughs> she yells at you all the time. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> 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 nothing new. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna go down a go down another rabbit hole that probably is yeah. A good let's idea wait till twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> definitely, Something Aaron, you're you're one hundred percent right. Starting your car, uh, you know, also when it comes to cars, and people always equate carbon monoxide poisoning to a gas leak in a house. But if you have an exhaust leak in your car and it's close enough to the front of the car, it can get into the cabin. And you can be getting those exhaust fumes, which you will most likely smell that. But it also, if you start getting sleepy and you have an exhaust uh, leak in your car, there could be a correlation between the two. (laughs) Ouch. Truly. No, there really, there really can be a correlation between the two. You know, I just think it's one of those things where, yeah, in life, you just got to, you got to pay attention Mm -hmm. to things. You You just can't kind of run without the mind going. I mean, you got to really... Pay attention, but you know, like, listen, you know, you you rent a house, and nobody thinks that that's that's going to be a situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's just well, you know. and that's you know that's an interesting point. So I'm a big advocate for these companies like Airbnb and and uh, the different companies like it, but they're not regulated like hotels are. Mm-hmm. So 
you have to be vigilant in anything you do. But when you're when you're renting a house, you got to realize it's not a hotel chain where they have a lot of policies that they adhere to. Yeah. Um, just like someone who's renting out a house has to worry about the people who they're renting it to. Uh, likewise, the renters should also have a just always walk into something and check things to make sure that the house they're renting is adequate right. to live in. Um, it's not always the case. Nope. You know, it's scary. I mean, most of that stuff is just policed by reviews. You know, yeah. That's 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 the only thing that really polices it. Um, whereas hotels are policed more by other higher standards oh, and government, government agencies yeah. and stuff like that. So anyway, if you do have an exhaust leak in your car, it's not just loud. Uh, it also could be bringing carbon monoxide up into your car. If you feel sleepy when you're driving and you've got a noisy exhaust, there could be some connection there. Anyway, um, that was just something I saw on TV this morning. I thought I'd bring it up. Also, carbon monoxide detectors in your house, they're super cheap, they're, they're, and they work very well. So put a couple of those in your house, and you'll be good. Um, I'm super excited for today's episode because we are going to interview uh, a lady that I met when Hunter and I were out at the SEMA show in Las Vegas um, just a few weeks ago, and she did a, a like a TED Talk, if you will, um, about her experience as a World Series poker player, champion boxer, and then she moved into the world of automotive marketing, consulting. Um, she doesn't coin herself as a life coach, but I, I kind of I see her as uh, someone that gives a lot of inspiration in, in her um, experience and in her words. So we have Christina Kwan, who's going to be here with us in just a few minutes. Yeah, so before we get to this interview, uh, just a couple quick messages from our sponsors, Universal Imports of Rochester and Motul Lubricants. Car repairs can get expensive. That's why Universal Imports has got you covered with their exclusive Car Care Club. For an annual investment of just $49, you can save hundreds with a free New York State inspection, $10 off oil changes, 10% off labor, $50 off alignments, and so much more. Visit UniversalImports.com or visit 834 Linden Avenue, right off 441. Let my family take care of your family's automobiles. Visit UniversalImports.com to join our Car Care Club today. Moltool is the official sponsor of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Established in 1853, Moltool has grown to become a recognized leader in lubricant technology. Racing teams around the world have trusted Moltool to deliver the endurance and performance needed to compete at the highest level. Even if you're not racing on the track, Moltool's full range of synthetic lubricants will protect your engine against wear and tear of your daily commute. Stop by Universal Imports to purchase Moltool's line of products today. Okay, and now we are here with our guest today that I've been looking forward all week to having, Christina Kwan. I met her out at the SEMA show in Las Vegas. Um, just, I guess that was about a month ago. Um, it was 75 degrees every day there. Uh, sure, rub it in. <laughs> yeah, which is a little cold. different than the foot of snow we have out there right now. Um, but what I want to what I want to do is take a minute just to tell everybody a little bit about Christina's career. So, Christina is a former you, I'm going to take this right off of your website, Christina, because there's just so much to, <laughs> there's just so much to say. Uh, Christina is a former United States national champion and world amateur champion in boxing. Uh, she is also uh, the owner of Quan International Marketing and Media. She has been in the World Series of Poker, so she's a poker champion, a boxing champion, and she also is an entrepreneur. So she has developed this brand that uh, I just think is amazing because it kind of is encompassing a whole bunch of different uh, entities. So it's it's boxing, it's poker, it's motorsports, it's marketing, and uh, kind of like you're kind of like a lifestyle coach in a way too. Uh, it, from what I kind of from when talking to you and seeing what you have online, is that would you say that's correct, Christina? Maybe informally, but I think what I find a lot of joy in is basically sharing with other people my journey and and, and how I've taken what I love, which is motorsports, uh, working with people in general, especially in this uh, power sports and aftermarket, and, and 
and just doing what I love as a career. And I think when you love what you do, it naturally comes out as something that I hope inspires other people to whether uh, pursue what they love um, outside of job, might be a hobby, a sport, or just go for whatever they really would love to. And I think the biggest thing is when you're afraid to tackle the unknown, and it's scary. I'm not saying that there haven't been situations where I'm thinking, should I go for this? But I'll never forgive myself if I don't. And so I think right. living with that is what pushes me to to hopefully rise to the occasion and thrive under pressure. So um, I probably put myself in more pressure situations than I should, but I think I just know that I'm going to find a way to uh, conquer it. And I think that's what drives me on a day-to-day basis. So what what came first? You, you came out of the hospitality um, sector, I guess, if you will, in Las Vegas, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. And then you went into boxing from there? Well, I um, I grew up in the, the rainy city of Seattle. Um, we have great air, but it was just dreadfully pouring there um, 90% of the time. So uh, when I graduated high school, I, I took off to Las Vegas by myself. And I really wanted to carve my own path, similar to basically my whole life. Um, I wanted to strike out on my own, find my own place, uh, and to really pursue what what I thought would be a great dream for me, just establishing my own life, not under the net of my parents or, or anything. So when I came out to Las Vegas, I went to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas for marketing. And as I was studying marketing, I transitioned from being a tennis player in high school to finding what else can I do as a great sport? Well, not so much boxing as a sport, but as to defend myself. So I fought in the 95 pound weight division in boxing. Uh, so being a, a smaller in stature person, I knew that to defend myself, it was going to be important to uh, kind of learn some good techniques. So at UNLV, I ventured into the boxing gym where I was a bit inspired thinking this is something that could be good for me um, in my life just to protect myself. And that's kind of how boxing started um, concurrently with my studies. So um, I met uh, my great coach there and he said, hey, I'm not going to teach you just like uh, a defensive type of uh, uh, style. He goes, I'm going to teach you like a real boxer because to really defend yourself as a woman, uh, you have to be able to have it as a natural instinct. And that's something that a two hour class just simply cannot teach. So that's when boxing almost became a part of my life uh, as I was studying. So I was yeah, going to say, because so usually started... tennis doesn't, uh, isn't the gateway to boxing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And so as I was just training, and, and again, just diving into something completely unknown, I, I just, I'm like a sponge where I want to learn and, and be the very best that I can at it. Uh, so as people were watching me, they thought I had multiple fights. They thought I was already fighting, and I, I had none of it. I was just simply studying, trying to get my degree. So that's kind of how... Uh, the boxing career took a life of its own as I was studying. And after I finished that, that's when I embarked on boxing uh, more full time before going into an actual career in marketing. So uh, you got to just explain to us how it feels when you're in the ring with somebody, you've got a lot of people watching you. I mean, the, the nerves have to be, they probably are what motivate you and drive you to succeed, but it's also got to be a little bit uh, scary, right? I, I think the moment that you step in, the nerves actually go away. Uh, before you step in, it, it's definitely there. I think that's any time you have a big moment in life, whether it, it's a business situation, a poker situation, a boxing situation. Anytime you're heading into something where you need to perform, uh, it, you're going to have a little bit of butterflies. But then the moment that you step in, it's really interesting. It's like a calm that, that, that sets over you because you've trained so hard. You suffered to make weight. You can't eat all of the good things. Um, right. You, you work out so hard that you almost can't wait for the moment that you can finally, at the culmination of everything, do what you were training to do. That very moment, that day, that minute. I mean, I think you almost you're like, it's finally here and I'm ready because you've just practiced and worked on it for so long. Um, I think you almost can't wait for the time to come. <laughs> and, then, and then the boxing, uh, somehow at some point, transitioned into teaching yourself how to play poker? 
Well, boxing is, you know, a physical sport. So there's a finite amount of time where your body says, all right, that's enough. <laughs> we, we, we've gone through, <laughs> Can't do we've gone through the yeah. torture. Exactly. Yeah, and, I, I and, lost you know, that a long time ago, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> and, as you get, and as you get older, making uh, the same weight uh, is different. And uh, for me, there was a big strategy in staying in, in the lowest weight possible. So 95 pounds is the absolute lowest weight limit. But I'm 5'3", so I'm very tall for that weight limit when a mm-hmm. lot of opponents were, were 5 feet tall. I don't know if 5'1 might be a stretch, but so I was almost a giant in that weight class. So it allowed me to be very successful. Um, a lot of people actually, a funny story is at a lot of the national events, people would see me and think that I was their opponent in, in the 116 category, 120 <laughs> And so everyone does the stare down. And when they realize they run into you, you're like, they're like, oh, you're not even in my weight class. We can be friends. So it, it was pretty funny. But I, I was definitely a giant for my weight class. Um, yeah, well, you also probably have a longer arm span too, right? So you can. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, my strategy is always keeping them on the outside because I had the reach. I had the, I had the height and uh, that would be my advantage. So. Um, you know, for boxing, again, it was a finite amount of time where my age and my body was going to say, all right, that's enough. Uh, but doing media work, I report on a lot of different things that come into Las Vegas. So a lot of different conventions from consumer electronics to pet right. expos, um, automotive, of course, naturally. But uh, gaming is a big part of this town. So I was doing uh, media at one of the uh, poker events. And that's when I met someone who ended up winning the tournament. And that's how it kind of got me introduced into playing poker. And the more I learned about it, it's almost like uh, it's true what they say. It takes five minutes to learn, but a lifetime to master. Um, it's almost like the more you know, the more strategies that you understand, the, the harder that the game gets because there's all these different pathways you can take within a hand. And you have to really assess what you're going to do, why, and, and think several steps ahead. And that was, a big part of the uh, FEMA education session when you when you attended and I was talking about business and poker having a lot of correlating factors. Uh, it absolutely is something that almost drains your brain when you're at the table. I'll take Advil just because you're just thinking so much, but you almost can't let your face tell that story. <laughs> you almost have to have an ease about your your um, your disposition at the table, but you're just a lot of things are going through your head. Um, and but that's how I just was intrigued about the game. So. For me, as you know, jumping into things that I really want to be good in and trying to learn as much, poker is one of those. It's like a mountain that it just keeps getting higher and higher, and I'm intrigued, and I'm challenged by that. And that's why I love that game so much. So was it was it difficult going from, from boxing to playing poker? So it's different. It's more physical to the, um, the, more, know, mental. the more mental. I don't know. Boxing's yeah, got to be pretty mental too, though. <laughs> True. Oh, it, boxing definitely is mental. Um, you know, you go through injuries, you go through sickness, you go through not feeling well in boxing. But at the end of the day, uh, no one really cares about that. When you step into that ring, you have to perform and you have to believe, even if you don't feel 100% uh, that you can win. And I think that that's the first mindset that you have to have going into any type of battle situation. You have to believe that you can win. Uh, the moment you start to doubt yourself, I think, is when uh, everything else uh, starts to ensue to where you're not performing at your best. Uh, things are not uh, coming out in great clarity. So uh, definitely, I think uh, boxing, and some may even say it's 70% mental. Um, you'll see people in fights where I think just they will themselves to win. They just will not go down. They will not quit. And I think that's a big contributing factor. Uh, poker is very interesting. So as you know, in, in boxing, you prepare many, many weeks just to enter to enter the ring. Um, and you're confident in, in what you've done to prepare. And, and other people have maybe seen footage of you. They know a little bit of history about you. In poker, it's a very vast field. So I remember going to my first live tournament. I was scared out of my mind. I thought, oh, no, everyone knows this is my first time. Uh, I'm not sure if I prepared enough. What if I don't do well? And um, Someone said to me, they go, Christina, they don't know the story other than the story that you're telling them. It could be your thousandth tournament. It could be your first. They don't know that unless you let them know that. So you almost have to have that mental story that you're telling and the confidence that comes out from it that really makes them believe what you want them to believe about you. That was and that's the, what it is. That was one of the takeaways I had from 
listening to you speak at SEMA, and that was uh, something that stuck with me, was that even though you're unsure about something, uh, mm-hmm. you assume everybody else knows that you're unsure about it. And it's all about right. how you um, handle the situation. So it is uh, so much of anything in life. Um, it's all about confidence. Um, you know, showing the confidence, showing that you're not, even if you are nervous, if you can sor- sort of somehow suppress that so that you can just get through what you have to do. They may, I, I had a speaking engagement yesterday um, and I was pretty nervous for it. And afterwards I said to my wife, I'm like, I looked really nervous. And I'm like, no, she said, no, you look, you look really relaxed. And I'm like, wow. Cause inside I wasn't. <laughs> right, right, right. Inside things are going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like I'm looking at the paper and I've got my, my next answer and like it starts going blurry on me and you know, you go, geez, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read this. I remember one time I've, I've told this story on the podcast before, they uh, they used to have me on the local news stations doing um, like car tips, and uh, they often would um, just pre-record these things. In fact, the news anchor would even bring in the clothes she's going to wear for the next day, put it on to interview me, and that way the next day it seemed like it was live because she was wearing the same clothes. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they did that for Pretty me because I was, uh, you know, news. I was uh, slightly challenged. So they figured they'd work with me. On this. <laughs> so, um, but then, but there was one time they needed me in very quick and it was not going to be able to be recorded. I was going to have to do it live. Um, I'm sitting in this chair on one part of the stage. The weatherman is at the green screen doing his thing. And I know, and I'm seeing the countdown on the clock. I've got like 30 seconds and it's going to pan over to me. And then the interview is going to, going to start with me. And I remember that I forgot how to swallow. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I can't swallow. What's going on here? So, um, you know, and then, and then finally when it got going, it was fine. But, but sometimes it's, uh, you know, I don't think everybody knew how nervous I was when I did those things, but I was nervous. Um, so it's like you said, it's a, it's a matter of confidence. It's a matter of having confidence. People also can sense when you're not, and that can be yeah. a vulnerable state for somebody. And I think even it, and I'm going to put a couple words after the word confidence, it's confidence in your preparation. Because like I said, I have the same butterflies um, because when you really care about how you're going to perform or what you're doing, you should have butterflies. You should expect the best out of yourself. Uh, but then I think once the, the lights turn on or it's go time, you have to have the confidence in your preparation. And when you know that you have, I almost feel like that's where the calm takes over you. So when you thought, hey, I look so nervous and your wife said, no, you look great. I think uh, you cared so much that you, you thought everyone could see it, but I think your preparation really right. showcased the, you know, that confidence that, that you ended up showing. So that was great. One of the other things that you spoke about in that seminar was, and I found very interesting, and this is diving a little bit into the, into the poker world. And if you look at some of the pictures, if you go to um, Christina's website, it's, is it just ChristinaQuan.com? Because I think that's how you yes. can get to it, right? Um, yes, yes. You can see pictures of her at the World Championship of Poker or the World Series of Poker, if you will. Looking yes. like the ninja. Looking like, yeah. Yes. I mean, the, that, that's the, my screen name. My screen name is Little Ninja. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. So the question is, do you really like the Yankees or you just like the hat? I, I, I think I like the mentality. <laughs> I like the mentality of, yeah. of, of East Coast. Um, it's it kind of puts me in this zone. It's very interesting. I, I am a big sports fanatic. Do I follow uh, certain teams within Major League Baseball specifically? No, I don't. I'm a, I'm a big football fan. Uh, but as far as just the, it's like the New York state of mind. In fact, my dog, Milano, my, my little Malamute, I have a big Malamute and a little Malamute. So his uh, actual AKC pedigree name, he's called um, a New York state of mind. That's his oh. uh, pedigree <laughs> name. And then we and then his regular name is Milano. But, I think just there, there's something that I really respect about uh, East Coast mentality. It, it, it's, it's intriguing just because um, there's a toughness about it. There's a bit of a, there's a swag about it. 
And so for me, um, I often am wearing Yankee hats, Well, <laughs> all black great. Yankee hats at the table. <laughs> so, I mean, looking at the pictures, so you're wearing the Yankees hat, you're wearing the sunglasses, you got your headphones in. What is it like sitting there, you know, you have to be like I mean, expressionless, I yeah. think, so that people don't see what you're thinking. Or, or are you well, trying you know to fake them out? Are you like putting Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, you know, with, with a poker face, it's, it's kind of a, a myth to me because a poker face is whatever's consistent for you. So if you are smiling by nature, you love to laugh, you love to show a, a lot of uh, exuberance, then that's your poker face. But don't change. If you get really crappy cards for an hour don't change that though you don't want to all of a sudden have a very sour face now oh, now we're oh. gonna see you mean, He's not you so mean happy when i anymore. sigh when i have no hand that's a that's a sign exactly. mark i don't think you're fighting or playing poker i'm just saying so i think um for me i i pay attention to every hand whether i'm in it or i'm out of it and when i'm at the world series of poker i'll see people watching they're on netflix they are texting and they're quite disengaged sometimes when they're not in the hand. For me, you're missing a lot of valuable information uh, just by watching other people. Sure, you're not in the hand to win any pot, but it doesn't mean that there's not great uh, market research uh, out there right now. That's, so that's what I do. That's awesome because if you aren't in the hand, uh, if whether you've folded or you're still in but you know you're not going anywhere – you can pick up so much information from the other players, especially if you're not in on that. You don't, you don't, now you have one less thing to worry about is that you, and you can just watch uh, if that person twitches or, or this, that, or the other thing I would, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. And and sometimes someone, you know, what we call they'll tank for a long time and and you're trying to figure out, are they posturing? Um, Do they know that they're going to fold? What could they have? And if it goes to a showdown, it's neat when you can put the pieces together in your head of what you think they might have. And if they are, you know, if, they're, if you're fortunate to see both players have to show their cards in order to determine the winner, uh, it's really neat to see if you were on point, way off base, pretty close, just missing a couple things. And you start to replay what you saw if you have to make an adjustment on what you thought you observed according to, to what you saw. So, you know, it, it, in life, it's almost like if you're in business and you're not engaged in a specific market, does it mean that you don't pay attention to what's going on around in the world? And that's just simply not the case. That's not good business acumen. Uh, so just reading about what's going on around the world, what other countries are going through, what other markets are going through. For me, I read a lot on consumer technology because what does that drive? That drives everyone's life. Right. That's how you do business. That's how you... Uh, socialize, engage. So there's a lot of factors even outside of what we immediately deal with on a day-to-day basis that can greatly impact how we may conduct business or make that decision So what we do. when you get into the World Series of Poker, what kind of purse are we talking about? Well, the World Series of Poker is great, and I am strictly a tournament player for the very reason because there's a start where everyone is leveled on the playing field. You have the same start chips, and then you're going to play down to a winner. Cash games are different because everyone's coming in with different buy-ins. All right. And there's there's no there's no end to that game. It's basically whenever you want to pick up and leave or when your opponent wants to pick up and leave. So what I feel like is a fair game and a leveled game is where we all start off being the same. And now let's see who can outlast the other or who can outwit, outplay the other. So that's where the challenge of a tournament and the patience that it takes to go through 15-hour days and make good decisions every step of the way, that's a challenge that I love. And, uh, and how so, many days does this thing go? It just depends. You'll have the, the biggest tournament um, at the World Series of Poker that everyone knows and sees on TV is the $10,000 buy-in. Uh, I did not play that one, but that one is a, I believe, 10-day-plus tournament because you have so many chips that you start with just because you're, you're paying $10,000 to get in. Uh, so they give you 50,000 in chips. So it's going to take quite a long time for everyone to whittle down to one. Oh, not uh, unless you're me, where... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, no. well, well that, so then, you know, the world series of poker has a culmination of 80 tournaments collectively that are bracelet events. So a bracelet event is where you win the World Series of Poker, a gold bracelet, uh, if you were to win the entire tournament. Now, outside of those gold bracelet tournaments, you have a lot of other games that are running 24-7. You have deep stack tournaments where a smaller amount, say $250, can get you uh, 15000 in chips. So you have a lot of different opportunities going on. 
the one that I played this past summer, and I was especially really happy with my performance was the Colossus tournament. And the Colossus was interesting because it's a $500 buy-in, but there were 13,109 entries. So what is the deepest field in the entire world series of poker. So when you talk about how many opponents you would have to outlast, that's where the challenge was in that. Uh, just because the buy-in was super affordable um, and you can buy in multiple times. For me, I always go in a tournament with one buy-in. I, I believe in not having out for myself to say, oh, well, if, if I bust out early, I'm just going to rebuy in. That changes how you play the game. Well, yeah, because um, so I remember I playing poker with a guy. I remember playing poker with a guy one time who – you know, we all bought in, we played, and, you know, he won, like, the first three hands, said, okay, I'm going to bed. <laughs> didn't, right. give, didn't give us a chance to uh, try and get our money back. And I uh, was like, wait right. a minute, that's not right, you know? So I uh, I agree with you. I think that uh, a game where everybody comes in with with the same amount of money and then there's also an end, right? There's a there's a, a first, second, third, and however many winners beyond that um, at yep. a certain and, and- stop time, correct? Yeah, and so World Series of Poker actually pays out money to the top um, 11%. And sometimes they might even increase it to a little bit more than that. Um, So, And and I think maybe even as high as 15%. So it's not that only one person wins. So they take all of the money collectively. Of course, the casino takes a cut, right? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They wouldn't survive without that. But other than that, whatever's left is is, uh, dispersed among the players. So you'll have the first player, um, the Colossus, I think the payout was probably about seven. Actually, it was over half a million for sure. Uh, nice. For first place. I'm thinking maybe it was about six to seven, I'm thinking, 100000 So when you think about $500 buy-in to yield several hundred thousand, that's a pretty good payout. But that tournament um, lasted uh, three days. You'd have to play three days, but they had multiple start times. So you might have uh, day 1A, which is the A start group. Then you have day 1B, which is the B start group, just because the casino only has so many chips, right? right. And I think they almost ran out of chips. So they have to be able to accommodate all the players, have enough chairs. And it, it's really a, a spectacle just watching them run such a big tournament amongst all these other tournaments are that are still going on. You and can see someone saying, hey, can, can one of you guys run down to CVS and pick up a box of poker chips we ran? Right, right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Or let's just use M&M's. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so it, it, was pretty, it was pretty interesting. But I was I was so excited about that tournament only because at the end of 15 hours, we able to bake chips at 1.30 in the morning. I was excited. I had the biggest smile on my face because I, I was just really happy with the decision making and the clarity and the focus I had uh, playing that entire day. So well, it was a it was really exciting. What I think great. What I think is so cool is then uh, I was also I also had the opportunity to, to speak to your husband that day that I yeah. met you and Seema, and we were talking about the project All in One, um, or All In rather, <laughs> which. Uh, yep. You have, so in Christina's studio, in her office, she has a boxing ring lined with poker tables around it, uh, a speed boat or a drag boat. I don't, I don't know it's exactly a drag, boat, drag yeah. boat. Um, and I don't think your Corvette's in there, but, uh, but that's probably sitting outside. It it is now actually it is now yep yeah we Can don't you... have anything like that here Christina <laughs> you need to work with Mark on that <laughs> well we do have a piano in this office which is kind of cool yeah. oh that's pretty cool <laughs> oh, only if you can play piano <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about uh, because you can explain it a little bit better than I can I I I did I do understand um, the dynamics of it but it's really cool you have this sort of um, live broadcast that you do with companies and potentially with individuals, you do these like poker matches. Yeah, so um, just to get back to the name, um, Project All In, for for me, for us, um, being all in is, it's a, it's, a, it's a mentality that we take into anything. And, and so if you haven't kind of felt that about me by now, it's just basically whatever we're doing, we should be all in. And so Project All In um, was the name that we came up with because it kind of defined our mentality just in life and in business and anything that we tackle. Uh, Project All In is a worldwide interactive live broadcast that centers around the game of poker. 
And so for poker, instead of the individual name, so it's not Mark, it's not Jamie, it's going to be company names. So it could be, you know, Summit Racing Equipment. Or Grease and Glamour uh, Podcast the, or Universal Exactly, Airport, or Grease yeah. and Glamour Podcast. Exactly. So what we're doing is kind of channeling uh, some company messaging and brand messaging in just a unique format around a game that is very common and enjoyed by many. Uh, so that's kind of how we, we do the the poker broadcast and it's live and interactive. We have an RFID table that we custom built. So now the cards show up just like ESPN and just like you see on the world series where you can see percentages and see what people are doing and, and really follow along in the action. We have a green room where we have two commentators. One commentator will be um, a world series of poker commentators, strictly talking about uh, interesting things about the play. And then the other commentator is a bridge commentator who will talk about, uh, the companies at the table and and, and uh, bridging some of the action and then kind of swinging it over to what each of the companies might have as new products, developments that you're working on, any new announcements. So just a, it's a new way to consume and, and provide information around That's the game of cool. poker. Really so cool. so are marrying you, are you sending that, me there, Mark? No, you don't have to. I don't think you have to be sent there. It can be all done like through simulcast or something, right? I, I'd like to go. Well, to well, to play on it, yes, but then we can always bring in a live feed uh, just to talk about what you're working on. But to play in it, we, we're going to need you out here. So well, I'll go play, you're not and then going, you, <laughs> listen, we already know you're not going to be able to, listen, you were on the newscast there, and you were passing out, you forgot how to swallow. You're, you can't play poker. <laughs> okay, why is Grace and Glamour going out on the hand? They have four aces. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you can stay here and do the commentary. I'll just go there. Uh, well, maybe we'll send Jamie. We'll see. <laughs> um, you might be the best out of all of you, right? <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. How often do these? How often do you do these broadcasts? Are they specifically for uh, companies within the auto industry, or can they be for anybody? They can be for anybody. Um, you know, we started in the automotive industry because it's where most of our contacts are, but we are expanding it to food and beverage. Um, hospitality, just basically, you know, it's a game that just has no boundaries. I think that's what makes poker so great. Anybody in any industry, whether it's medical, uh, F&B, or automotive, you'll find someone that plays poker. So that's what's really neat. And when we talk about, say, you have a doctor, does a doctor not like to have fast cars or be interested in automotive products? So I think there's a lot of cross-marketing that's available through through the game of poker and through the podcast that we do. So it's kind of like mishmashing a lot of different things, but it doesn't mean that one uh, customer from one segment does not bridge over and not be interested in the other things that we're talking about. It's so super it's cool. almost like, yeah. So it's basically, it, it's, it's such an open format and that's why we, we love it. I think we're not cornered into a certain way to do it. We're not pigeonholed into uh, who we c can appeal to, but poker really ha is an open pathway to a lot of different industries. Where can we tune in to uh, Project All In? So in 2020, we are going to be doing uh, probably up to 10 episodes, uh, and it's at projectallin.tv. And what we're going to do is we're going to culminate uh, the 10th episode with the opening of the World Series of Poker 2020. Cool. Um, I'm hoping to give away a World Series of Poker seat and do some really cool things for the audience. Oh, that's that's so great. Cool. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And for all of our listeners out there, if you have any, if uh, you need any information on that, we will. Uh, Jamie's going to put that up on our on our Facebook. We'll we'll get you all the information and the, the um the website address and all of that kind of stuff. So you can check out all these things that we're talking about because they are all on christinaquan.com. You can find out more information about all this stuff. So no one could accuse you of not going all in on everything that you've done. I mean, you, I mean, you're, this is, this is what I love because, you know, I think the thing that drew me to wanting to speak to you was in our industry, even us doing a podcast is, outside of the box thinking for what we do. I mean, this is a, you know, we're a car dealership. Uh, and here right. we are on a, on a Wednesday afternoon with microphones uh, acting like uh, radio personalities. And, and, it, and, it, and it works because we now show our customers that, uh, I mean, we're not in it to be a radio show. We're in it to, to provide more content for Universal Imports, which is a place where you can get your car serviced 
and you can buy a car here and you can use our body shop, but you can also tune into a podcast that we have with people that you know and work with. Um, and we talk about all kinds of stuff as, uh, from whether you should buy winter tires to talking to Christina Kwan to talking to, uh, you know, um, that we talk to the local weatherman here and talk about how that affects cars I and mean, all of these things that people don't typically get. And now that podcasts are getting bigger and bigger, um, we felt that this was a, a, a really good format to work with. Um, so I think what really drew me to you was just the fact that you've taken all these different aspects, all these different things that make you, you, and you've turned it into a brand. And I think that that's awesome. And that. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, and that segues me into the next thing, and that is your motorsport. I mean, you have this Corvette. It's You're sponsored by Summit, right? Yes, yep, and a lot of other great partners as well within the industry. But, yeah, Summit was a, a, a big partner of the car. And if you go to Christina's website, you'll see that. You'll see that Corvette. It's beautiful. It's black. I saw it. At, yeah, it, was at, it was at SEMA just this last year, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Actually, no, it wasn't at SEMA the prior two years. Okay. Uh, before this year, yep. Um, it's a beautiful car, uh, and you, if you look on, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw it somewhere online, it, even a picture of you in the engine compartment <laughs> putting parts on the car. I mean, Yeah, so, I sit in the engine compartment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is awesome because it, it also, and let me tell you how we got our name, Grease and Glamour, because I think you're going to really like this because I think one of Christina's um, – sort of points that she's getting across is that I mean, she's a woman in a, in a, in an industry that has typically been dominated by men. And, and I think that there are a lot of women out there. In fact, there's a, there's an organization here in Rochester that's run by women that um, they do handyman. Well, I guess, I don't know if they actually call it handyman services, but they do handy person. Yeah. Handy person. <laughs> and it's all run by women. And I'd actually want to have them on the podcast. Cause I think that's really Cool. You know, I think women are making great strides. Um, but for me, being in the industry, especially as a marketer, you know, uh, I thought it was really important to be very authentic to uh, the motorsports community. So that's why when it came to the drag car, the drag boat, I absolutely wanted my hands in it from start to finish. That's how I learned. Uh, that's how I gained the experience. And I think that's it's, it's valuable in relating to people and to communicating that, hey, I'm just not someone that can represent companies and brands within the industry. I'm actually one of you within the industry. I am a customer. I am you. And I think it's really important for me to to demonstrate that in, in all that I do. So uh, aside from building the cars and building the, uh, the drag boat, um, have you gotten into racing any of these? So the Corvette is a manual. That's a tough one. I drive manual, but shifting it down the uh, drag strip's a little bit tough. So I leave that to the other half. <laughs> he's, he's really great at speed shifting. Uh, the drag boat, um, the fuel lines just have to uh, be hooked up, and then it will have nitrous later. But I'm just going to get used to it without it for now. But that one will be me. And the interesting thing is I feel like to use the women aspect as, as just the unique factor, I think in drag boat racing, you definitely see a majority men, probably 95%. There's a few women out there. So I'm looking to, to jump in that to be kind of a unique factor within that scene. But that one I will definitely be uh, the driver in. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, I, I think it's wonderful. And the boat is beautiful looking. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to come in drive the boat and the Corvette, <laughs> the Corvette and then play on that poker table. Oh. But I don't want to get into the boxing. Ring that, with you. that would be fun though. <laughs> well, you, you can't, you can't take the, all of those and not do the other. Look, if you can, if you can wrap me in bubble wrap first, then I'll go in there. <laughs> Maybe one of those like balls. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. Or we can, or we can wear those big sumo wrestler uh, um, <laughs> costumes. <laughs> so, so I got a question for you. So I watched Creed two the other night. Finally, okay, okay. And this thing goes ten rounds, and I watch how much punishing, how many, you know, how many hits. There's no way people can really take that many hits, is there? Have you seen that movie? I mean, it was there was not, more hits than Rocky. I... Uh, one should not be taking those hits. And it's kind of like, you know, I think I talked about this in my seminar. Sometimes your offense is also defense. 
And to me, it's almost thinking about, okay, what can I do but safeguard the rest? I think for cinematic effects, a lot of these movies do well because it is so it is so staged and choreographed to really be gut-wrenching. And no, no one should really be enduring. Even Rocky himself, I mean, you know, back in those days, he did some crazy fights to where he was sitting around, he was down on the ground. I mean, it was, it was downright bloody. Um, so other than cinematic effect, no, no one should be taking punishment like that. Um, I have not seen Creed 2. I saw parts of Creed 1, uh, but I, I heard it was a great movie it, you it, can just appreciate it for storylines yes. and all that i hear yeah. it was really great yeah and, and creed 2 was good it was kind of a, a reissue of uh rocky 4 um mm-hmm. but the scenes were great and stuff but i'm just watching this thing going i get hit one time i'm done out and and, and they're going you know nine ten rounds and getting just like are you ever humbled. playing eye of the tiger in your headphones <laughs> oh i love that song <laughs> i love that song yes <laughs> I'll probably be playing it on my road trip. Oh, I love that song. You know, it's interesting because when you play music to when you're working out, there is a playlist that's different, right? Oh, yeah. And then there's a playlist that's different being a bit calm, just depending on the situation. Um, You know, in poker, I I wear earbuds, but I'm not listening to anything. I just want people to think I'm not necessarily paying attention or I don't hear them, but I'm actually listening to everything around me, oh, wow. and nothing's oh, ever on. They know nothing's now. Nothing's ever on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just told them. Started. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we won't tell them. <clears throat> well, yeah, because you, you had mentioned that um, – you know, everything is looked at when you're sitting across the poker table from someone from, from, from the veins in their neck to the way their eyes move to, um, just all those different aspects. And one of the things you had mentioned was, uh, today was the, you know, a good defense is, I don't know exactly how you said it, but a good defense is better than a, how did you say Sometimes offense is defense. And so in poker, what I attribute that to is if I have to act before my opponent and and it's my turn before theirs, sometimes if I'm not sure where I am in a hand, I will put maybe a decent-sized bet out just to test because if I put nothing out, it allows them to also either put no money in, which basically just told me nothing about where they could be. Um, If I put a bet out, and they call it or they come over the top of me, now I have to think, okay, maybe they've made a hand. Maybe they're just making a move out of aggression. What do I know about that person? So sometimes my offense is doing defense because it's allowing me to make a better decision the next time it comes back to me on what I'm going to do instead of collecting no information at all, which is if you check the hand and your opponent checks the hand, what have you gained in information? Nothing. They could be sneaky with anything, and another card could come and completely annihilate you. Right. And all of those same principles are true for life. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're when you're dealing with other people, you can get a better read on where you are with uh, certain situations by taking some of those same principles and applying them to just real life situations, I would I would guess. Oh, absolutely. And I'll give you a funny story about my dog. So when you're a dog is fearful of something, you'll see it make a move, whether it does a little faint move, it starts to it, it maybe makes a a noise or does a bark or a low pitch growl because it's testing what this object is. So when I talk about my dog, I'm talking about say, you know, those blow up balloons that advertise something for a business and they're just huge and they're blowing in the wind. (laughs) They don't know what that is. And so they, they stop, they stare, they're trying to get a read on it. So it's really interesting actually watching animals, your dog and just what they do instinctually to test what the other thing might be or what it's doing. Right. And that's just the most simplest way, you know, just nature. <laughs> well, you, you, you that have that's... given me idea. Uh, I am going to walk into work tomorrow with a black um, turtleneck, a black uh, <laughs> Yankees hat, sunglasses and headphones. No one will know what I'm thinking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long day. Tomorrow. Or, or they just think you've gone off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure how many cars I'll be able to sell in that getup, but <laughs> zero. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so everything, everything you're doing is really just super cool stuff. I, I, I love, I love how it all sort of blends to, it's all different, but it, but it all blends together sort of to the same speaking to the same thing. And that's kind of, yeah, you know, 
it's funny because it's hard to sum up in a nutshell. But then if someone actually listens through the whole story, then at the end, like like you're saying, they conclude like it all does make sense to actually together. <laughs> but I can see definitely when you when you sprinkle boxing with poker, with motorsports, and then, you know, just the entrepreneurial factor, you're thinking, how do these things make sense in its world? But to me, creating a unique world for me is is what can make me stand apart amongst whether it's competitors, other business, or just working with me in general. I think when you're a brand, you want to be as unique as you can be. Just like, you know, you doing a podcast, it's an extension. It's not your, your primary, but it's something that brings a unique factor to you and allows people to get to know you more uh, and beyond just the typical business setting. So I think those are the things that set you apart and can make you successful. You know, just a, just a quick suggestion. I think uh, one of the Project All In broadcasts should be all different podcasts. That could be kind of cool. Ooh, interesting. Because that so would be I'm, I'm great. Uh, sign, sign you up for a seat. Yeah. That would, I mean, listen. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to Vegas if, after if, all. If I have to go out to Vegas for business, then I just have to go out to Vegas for business. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not Absolutely. going to Vegas. No, that would be really interesting. I love that idea. We could definitely make that happen. Jamie, I'll tell you what. I'll go to Vegas, but you can book the trip for me. <laughs> oh, good. That makes me feel almost like there. You know what? I'll pay for myself, and we'll go in the boxing ring. There you go. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> hey, as long as you got the bubble wrap, I'm good. And I'll broadcast it, too. <laughs> there you go. I, I, do want to tell our, I do want to tell our listeners that, you know, a lot of this expertise that Christina brings because of all the different, um, you know, places she's been and, and things that she's seen through boxing, poker, motorsports, doing marketing for a lot of these. You know, if you go to the SEMA show, the SEMA show, which is the biggest convention that comes to Vegas each year, is that cor that's correct, right? I think it's the I biggest. CES. CES might beat it by a little bit. Okay. But CES it's, it's it one of the biggest. And, yes. And, and, and the largest for the aftermarket in the world. Yeah, it's huge. Sure. It, it's a, it's a, um, you know, it's like system overload in terms of it is. everything that you see. And one of the things that Christina does is she works with companies um, in their marketing, uh, some of it having to do with SEMA, some of it having to do with other aspects of their company. But if you are looking to talk to Christina about anything, if you, if you have a business out there, any of our listeners, and you wanted to talk to Christina about some of the things that she can offer – if you go to christinaquan.com, you can reach, you can contact, yep, you uh, contact the sign her there. Yep. Um, and or even Quan International. Quaninternational.com is the company site, so they okay. can also go there as well. Yeah, and I mean, they, they will help you with any aspect of your business, uh, even from uh, like email marketing, um, mailers, uh, all, all different kinds of things. I mean, I was very impressed just in the in the hour that I had with you out in Las Vegas. And then, uh, and then on this show, just, I think it's fascinating stuff. I think it's great. Um, you're offering something that many people can't offer. And that is you have real life experience with some of these things and that all of the things that you've learned in boxing and poker in motorsports, all of it, just like anything translates, you can translate and connect that to real, you know, to the things you're dealing with in everyday life. Um, absolutely. So, we are so uh, real quick before we um, let you go and get on with the day. Um, it's getting dark here. It's not dark there yet, right? It's uh, only. No, nope, not yet. I still two. got light for a little bit. <laughs> um, you guys are headed out to Indianapolis next, correct? Yes. Yep. So to can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. yeah, the PRI show is basically, um, as you talked about, SEMA show in Vegas being the biggest uh, aftermarket show, trade show in the world. Uh, PRI is actually the sister show to it. It's owned under the same company of uh, SEMA, but it is basically all racing and performance related. So it's taking uh, what Central Hall is for SEMA, all of the, the internal engine parts, everything to do with, you know, racing um, in general, that's all at the performance racing industry show in, in uh, Indianapolis. So that happens December 12th to the 4th. All right. And you guys are headed there for that. And yes, uh, we are. Yeah. SEMA was so great this year and it's bigger even than the last time I had been, which would, it was a while actually. Um, I hadn't been for, I think six years, but they built. Oh, it's grown tremendous. I, yes. You know, they, they have, first of all, the Las Vegas convention center is ginormous to begin with 
So you've got yeah. a central hall, a north hall, a south hall, a, a, some probably some other halls in between. And then they even had to like build a, <laughs> they kind of like built another huge tent outside because they didn't have enough room to. Wow. Well, you know what's funny? I, I was about to mention this. So a, a lot of the new uh, products and new exhibitors were in that tent. And one of my uh, good friends who has a business at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, he goes, hey, Christina, it's our first year there. I said, oh, great. I said, where are you? He goes, we're in this pavilion. And I'm like, where's this pavilion? What? It literally was <laughs> south of south of South Hall. I mean, you, I know. South Hall used to be the edge of the I didn't, world. I didn't and, and find it, it until the last day we were there. We found, we just happened upon it. And we actually There's made no some really good contacts. There. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, they, so the last time I had been, the Apex show and the SEMA show were together in the convention center. They have moved oh, the Apex was, show yes. um, to a, a different the, location. The yep, yeah, so, to the Sands Expo Center. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's big. There's a lot to do. And I'm, I'm telling you, when you're done with a day at SEMA, you don't you you don't even really want to go and go to the casino. You're too tired. <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to find the, the lost pavilion. Yeah. <laughs> we did go and see that Beatles show, though, at the Mirage, and that was amazing. That was oh, really, that's good. Oh, that was a great. Do you, do you do you guys ever get to go out? I'm I'm sure you get to, but do you ever go out to the shows on the strip, or is that kind of like, um, you know, because you're so close to it, it's not not something you do. Yeah, you guessed it. I think what happens is because I take for granted that it's here, I don't see any shows. Now, what I do go see are the shows that come into town. So concerts, artists that come into town for a short, you know, day or two, right. then I feel like, oh, no, if I don't see them, I'm not going to get to see them. So right. the curse of living in Las Vegas is I'm thinking it's still going to be here. So um, I've been here for over 20 years. So Mystere, Mystere was one of the original Cirque du Soleil shows. It's still there. So And you haven't seen it. Years, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it was great. We had a wonderful time out there. The weather couldn't have been more perfect, um, and uh, we got to meet some great people. And one of them is Christina Kwan. Thank you so much, Christina, for being Thanks on again. our show Thank and taking you. the time to talk to us today. Oh, and, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And I really want to just encourage our listeners to go to Kwan Internet. It's KwanInternational dot com. Yeah. And ChristinaKwan.com. If you can get you can get all the information. Go on Facebook. You can find Christina there. Um, like her page. Uh, of course, while you're doing that, like and share Grease and Glamour podcast. So, um, Christina, we will, I'm sure we will talk again. I think that we are on to something with this podcast thing on Project All In. Um, I mean, we could, <laughs> so uh, feel free to call, you know, call me if uh, that sounds like something you might want to work on. I would be happy to take a seat there. Um, All right. Sounds good. I, I, I put your name at the top of the list and uh, let, let us see if we can put it together. I will come with my with my black Yankees hat and my headphones and sunglasses ready to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. All right. You have swag. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I really don't have much swag. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the, the picture you will paint is you have swag. <laughs> Most likely I'll be wearing a sweater vest tomorrow. I don't have swag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for Thanks being again. on the show. Thank have a great again. night. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Great, great to see you, and uh, have a happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. So that was pretty awesome. It's great. Yeah, that was a really cool interview. She is a super nice lady, and I mean, where do you, where do you ever see something like that? Oh, yeah, I'm a champion boxer. Oh, I've been in the World Series of Poker. Oh, I've built a Corvette. Oh, I've built a drag boat. Most people can't do one thing yeah. And, yeah. and win at it. Yeah. And let alone you know, doing five at 95 pounds. Yeah. And, I know. And she's just so humble and nice about she's it. And, amazing. And if you go to her website, you'll find all these other little, like, cool health and lifestyle um, tips and tricks that she has on there. So I really do think she's kind of like, you know, she's not technically a life coach but she that's kind of the vibe you get when you talk to christina so check out her website um and you know listen you can always send her a contact and say hey we heard you on grease and glamour and it was a really great interview that would be really nice yep. for like us her on facebook too uh like her on facebook and um 
you know, we've got a couple big guests that are going to be on the show here in the next um, few weeks, but I still can't let the cat out of the bag. I can tell you, though, for certain that in January we are going to have Grammy Award winner Jeff Tyzik, who is a Rochesterian. He will be in studio to have a conversation with us about great his. Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy, very accomplished. I mean, does amazing. Head of the RPO. He's yeah. been a customer of ours for a long time. He's been a friend of mine for a long time, and he uh, is willing to come in and talk to us about his life, his career, uh, which is really a fascinating one to hear about. So, can't wait to have Jeff Tyzik in studio, and we have a couple other uh, nice uh, people that are going to be on the show here in the coming weeks. So. Stay tuned. Until next time, I'm Mark. I'm Mary. I'm Jade. And uh, we'll see you then. See ya.